the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Welcome to Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis, and I'm your guest host this week for the great Phil Naiman, who is out and about exercising his wonderful Second Amendment rights that he fights so tirelessly for all of you for. With me today is Kevin Small, who is our advocacy and outreach manager here at the California Rifle Pistol Association. And uh, both of us do a show that we break things down. And so filling in for Phil, we're going to be breaking down some things that have been going on uh, this fall. And so I'm just going to open this up that normally all of us here in California and across the nation uh, get kind of a really big booster shot at this time. And no, I'm not talking about the pandemic vaccine or anything like that. What I'm talking about is that shot in the arm that we get when the National Rifle Association meets in places like Dallas, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, you know, other Miami, other famous places across the country where Hundreds of thousands of Americans like you and I who love their Second Amendment rights get together. They, they converse. They talk about training, hunting, competitive shooting, all things Second Amendment. They have wonderful concerts. And it's just a time where we get pumped up and we get ready for the elections. And this being a very vital election year where we're all supposed to be getting ready um, for you know, the midterms and trying to take back the Congress. And the NRA has always been a leader in that. And, Kevin, what happened to the convention in Houston? Well, it didn't happen because of COVID. Wait. So because of COVID, it didn't happen. But it's my understanding that the National Shooting Sports um, Foundation and others are still holding their annual events coming up because we're not in the surge like we were a year ago. Yeah, so, so we're all told. So Amalan, I think this week earlier had a a blazing article yeah an article that um you know gets get some more information out there and i think we really need to uh break this down a little bit and get some clarification on what it's actually saying this article was released earlier this week uh, uh by the author jeff knox who basically reported that uh while the annual convention was canceled uh it it wasn't really canceled it was moved to charlotte where COVID still exists, I think. Yeah, but wait a second. So um, I know you're a member of the National Rifle Association. I'm a trainer for them, a trained counselor, actually. I'm also a life benefactor. I I never got a notice in the mail that said, or an email, and I get notices in the mail, an email from the NRA on a plethora of stuff, or plethora, depending on which part of the country you're from. And uh, I didn't get one. Did you get one? 
I did not. And uh, the article kind of goes into detail how that may have been sort of on purpose to keep the crowd to a minimum. I think, what what does it say in here? It says that uh, there was just a couple of articles published per what they're required to do in a, in a local newspaper. Yeah, back in Virginia. Right. Nothing really went out nationally. Yeah. So this is this is suspect, folks. And, you know, the, the whole issue with the National Rifle Association is being discussed. Let's let's quit being around the bush. Everybody's talking about it, whether it's at the range, whether it's in your club, whether it's in your house, on your drive. We're talking to you right now as as you're listening to us. And I think we need a little clarity. And I think we all need a little um, come together and go, what the heck? Because every movement needs those shots in the arm. And, you know, working here at California Rifle Pistol Association, we work with lots of other groups up and down the state. Um, some of them isolated to a particular activity and others more expansive. I know, like on the show here with Phil, he's had both myself and Sam Predis from Gunners of California on, and we talked. But this is really kind of suspect, or not even kind of is suspect in my book, of why you would hold a meeting where you didn't want your members to come and why in a vital election year, and let's be upfront, the NRA has been the spear point for decades in American politics for defending our Second Amendment rights. Yeah, even even coming up to the 2016 election and, and what they were able to do uh, in order to help Donald Trump get elected for the for the presidency of the United States. Yeah, and I've heard some people make the argument because of all the issues the NRA has been facing that that may have been one of the contributing factors to the president not being erected in the 2020s. Right. And um, a lot of people had various opinions on that. But let's let's get back to what um, Jeff Knox said in this article. And I want I want to say something to you. You know, a lot of people have opinions on everything. And, and, you know, make no bones about CRPA has sometimes had positive and negative opinions given in the press. But Jeff Knox's article wasn't put on Jeff Knox's website. It was put on Amoland. And I know Phil Neyman and I have talked about this. Amoland is, I would say, the premier news source for all things Second Amendment because they capture stuff from around the country. They vet it and then they place it out there. So this is like everything else they vet has been put out there, and I want to really break down what happened per this article. Neither Kevin or I, for the record, were there because we weren't part of the less than 200 people that got the super secret invite. So we have to go off of what we're being told. But first off, let's break down this convention. It's my understanding that it was pretty much vendorless because all the vendors pulled out when the COVID thing came out. Yeah, uh, Houston. Pretty much vendorless and absolutely memberless. I mean, it says in the article that the majority of the people there uh, were NRA directors. So uh, you can imagine. I mean, the the number that they have for for that kind of seat is already pretty high, uh, and you compare that to the fact that the the estimates is 120 to 140 people uh, actual representation uh, when combined with that 100 person. In order to establish a quorum, I wasn't can't really have been met. Right. And then when you, you have to look at that, basically, according to the article, the vast majority of people that were there were the board of directors that had been assembled. So the membership really didn't have a voice in their um, organization. So this is the first time that I think it's documentable that we can we can all agree, no matter where your passion is for the National Rifle Association. Um, which, you know, 
I come from a multi-generational family of NRA supporters. I mean, it's a very proud thing to have an NRA, you know, life membership at whatever level certificate in our family. And, uh, you know, this is the first time that effectively the membership was silenced from having a say in any of the votes. Yeah. I mean, while, and this is, this is kind of the, the thing that turns people off, right? Um, the NRA effectively is trying to be silenced by the AG of New York. Uh, and they put out a plea to their membership. Hey, we don't want to be silenced. We don't want your voice to be silenced. Help us fight this. But when it comes to kind of the operational side of the organization, essentially they turn around and do the exact same thing to the membership. This deserves to be kind of an, an alarm uh, sent throughout the country. When, when you have an organization of this magnitude, you kind of got to ask yourself, why, why was it done this way? And I think part of that is, you know, you and I are both on the road a lot talking to different groups. And, you know, the past year, I've heard more and more people say, hey, I'm not going to donate. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that until they clean their house. But many of those same people were willing to travel to Houston to vote to help clean up the house. So it's not people are, I would say people aren't anti the National Rifle Association. They're, they've been very concerned and um, disillusioned, I would say is a fair term, from what I've heard with the current leadership. And I feel like, according to this article, again, neither one of us were there, but according to this article, which is, since the NRA has been silent about what happened at that event, this is what we have to roll with, is it was a very closed group with a closed pre-selected agenda of what they want to get done. And I I think maybe further breaking down, because what this article also states is that there was a vote of no confidence. That was presented. Um, There was a vote of no confidence that was presented. It was immediately shot down. I think the individual uh, board member that the, the article states is Joel Friedman sort of leading that charge. Uh, the question has to be asked. I mean, does does the expectation of that actually play a role in trying to downsize this convention? Yeah, and the one the one correction I would make to the article that MLN may or may not have known is that Joel Friedman, they said, was from California. As my understanding, Joel is actually from Nevada. That's where his that's residence right. is and lives. Um, but that that's just a location issue. But uh, I, I want to make it really clear that. Um, He's an outstanding person when it's come to the Second Amendment, has spent many, many years in the trenches fighting, and he led the um, the push not to, to accept the vote of no confidence, which I think they said 70% of the directors or 75% um, backed Mr. Friedman on that. So uh, I think what we need to look at is what is the impact of all this? Okay, so this went down in Charlotte. It went down on that. I think we need to unpack in the next couple of segments what that means for all of us here in California nationally for the elections and, and talk about what the state is of the leader in the second amendment for most of well the vast majority of everybody listening to this program's lifetime and what what that looks like ahead as we move forward to defend the second amendment here in california and across the nation we'll be back in just a moment with firing line radio have questions about handgun safety local sports shooting events or your second amendment rights just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. 
Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Landing and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're having a great day out there. And I hope you're heading over to Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, California. Now, Vince has been a longtime sponsor of this show. And a lot of events going on there. Vince has always got something for sale, on sale, and some great prices. So check him out at bullseyesport.com. He's between Arlington and Central off of Brockton. Uh, 951-823-0211, bullseyesport.com for their website. They're even on Instagram, and uh, they do a lot of deals. Always some good stuff coming in. I know he's got a bunch of Glocks on their way. I just saw that the other day, and some other very special things. So bullseyesports.com, bullseyesport.com. And uh, if I haven't said it before, 951-823-0211. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis. Director of Development with the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And today is my sidekick um, that we're always out talking to people about the Second Amendment, Kevin Small, our advocacy and outreach manager. Um, a lot of times you'll see Kevin out there at the various CRPA chapters throughout the state, spraying from the Mexican border to the Oregon border, from the Pacific to Arizona and Nevada. And Kevin and I are breaking down, which we do all the time here for CRPA and for people like you listening what is going on in different parts of the Second Amendment and with laws and everything. And today we're talking about what happened to the Houston NRA convention that became the Charlotte More Like Club get-together. And uh, we were just talking about how small. It's interesting to me that, Kevin, you and I both put on events, and, and one of the first things that dictates an event in terms of people is the size of event. Obviously, if I say, hey, I'm having a 2A get-together in my backyard, most people figure, well, Rick probably can't handle more than 40, maybe 50 people in his backyard because he lives in suburbia. Whereas if I say, oh, I'm having it at the fairgrounds of whatever county, people are like, oh, this is a barbecue for like 10,000 people. 
because it can fit 10,000 people. And I think what's interesting is um, the Amelan article from earlier this week says that the actual room, meeting room, for the members, people like you and I and our listeners, to go to this surprise, oh, I guess we are having a get-together in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that COVID in Charlotte must be different than COVID in, in Houston, because in Houston we have to shut everything down, but in Charlotte we can keep going. And what they end up saying there is the room held, what was it? 400 to 500 people. They had it set up for that. For only 405. So that means either they went standing room only or they were worried they wouldn't get more than four to 500 people. Right. Of which, according to them, there was about 140 to 150, which barely made their quorum. Right. That, to me, speaks volumes. I think all of us have to sit there and go, excuse me, because we're not talking dropping from like an 80,000 annual attendance to like, oh, well, because of the pandemic, only 60,000 showed up. We're talking 79,900 and, you know, some odd people didn't show. Like, that's a huge drop in attendance. Well, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier uh, on, on the prior segment. No vendors were there. Uh, so, I, I mean, they clearly had a certain expectation. Now, what, you know, if, if they come out with any sort of uh, a counter article, you know, what their expectations were for moving it on such short notice uh, to a different area, whatever, you know, they, they, I'm sure at some point they will come out with their reasoning for that. But what we can know for sure is that they weren't expecting a crowd. Uh, They were, they were expecting, you know, merely to get the quorum that they needed and to push through whatever they wanted to push through. You know, one of the, one of the concerns I have with all this too is We live in a world where people make decisions on what I call goldfish conversations because a lot of people only have the attention span of a goldfish, which is about six to eight seconds, and off of pictures. And no pictures. And having such a small window, you got to think about the NRA makes a big splash politically because when they hold a convention in major city, like I said in the first segment, whether that's Indianapolis, Miami, wherever they go, in between Dallas, at those places, it's not just the meeting, Kevin. It's all the restaurants, all the taxi services. Like, the entire infrastructure of that city gets a huge economic boost, which is part of the muscle of the NRA that's exhibited both in off and on your elections. And it wasn't shown here. Yeah. It simply wasn't. And I mean, there are bar mitzvahs that had more people that showed up in Charlotte than this thing. Well, you know, Rick, you 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 and I have thrown events before, like you already mentioned, you know, even thinking about how many people you put that message out to compared to how many people actually show up at the event. If you put two news two articles out in a local newspaper, I mean, that kind of should tell you right then and there how many people they were even trying uh, to expect to be at this meeting. Well, and yeah, and going back to what I was saying, politically, politically, if you're a negative politician, we can take, uh, you know, any of the politicians in our own backyard, like out of Orange County, Senator Min. You know, Senator Min is going to take it more serious that, hey, CRPA had a group of people meet at Rojagas here in the Inland Empire for a youth, for a youth activity where we had 1,500 kids go through a day. That, that literally, and this is the sad part, is seven times bigger than the crowd that showed up for the national meeting of the National Rifle Association, 
who boasts millions of members. I mean, optically, Center Men is going to take us more seriously than the NRA, and on no planet should that have ever happened with a healthy National Rifle Association. Which is why I think the, the questions are drawn here, right? Um, the, there, there should be questions posed here. We should try to figure out exactly how and why uh, this happened. And I mean, right now we've got one article. We need to keep our eyes open for uh, what comes out next, any sort of answers. And we, and we really need to question because at the end of the day, uh, like, like you already kind of said, you know, with 140 people, how can millions of NRA members actually have been represented in that meeting? And that's what it comes down to, right? You're paying dues because you want something protected. Mm-hmm. And in order to protect the Second Amendment, you know, <laughs> you need to be represented in that way. Right. And, you know, you need a coordinator at the top to help coordinate all the different state and other national and regional groups to keep, you know, let's be honest, all the cats in the herd going in the same direction. And that obviously isn't happening because, you know, even even just the idea that a serious with a fourth of the directors present considering a vote of no confidence, I would have told you five years ago that would have never happened with Mr. LaPierre and anybody else seen at a convention. And the fact that this came up um, just shows you with, with all the controls in place that they had. And I think there would have been a, a much bigger voice had the membership actually been there. And I think it's a bit suspect. And I think if they think that they're doing something to insulate and strengthen the NRA, it's not one of the, the things that Mr. Knox made in the article that MLM put out earlier this week was, hey, the NRA as we know it doesn't exist and probably won't for the better part of the next five to 10 years. And one of the things that we need to talk about is we're not harping on the NRA, you and I. We're like, hey, there are some issues. And I mean, and one of the issues is big companies, Lloyd's of London is one that strikes me and was mentioned in the article because, you know, Lloyd's of London is infamous in my lifetime for insuring actresses' legs and other body parts and like just weird stuff that you're like, somebody really insures that. And yet, according to the article, Lloyd's of London are like, uh, NRA is so bad. Yeah, no, we're not. Uh-uh. Are you kidding me? I mean, they have, they have insured some pretty unscrupulous people by everyone's standards and they're saying no there's there's issues and i think you can't just isolate this oh this is the new york attorney general which has been a lot of the rhetoric that's came out of the nra no we have major groups that have stood by people that have been accused of far more than the national rifle association have been more controversial and they've stood with them and they're not staying with the nra which again i think as members we should all be like okay what are we not seeing or what's going on? And in the next segment, I want to get off of the, the meeting, but I think we should go into the other back half of the article because if half of it is true, and again, you and I aren't there, so we have no way to confirm or not confirm, but MLM did put this out to the general 2A community. It is frightening some of the things that they're talking about when you, you think about who the NRA is. And so, folks, we're going to come back here in a couple minutes. We're going to break down so everybody knows what we're going to be talking about, the NRA, their headquarters. And for me and a lot of you out there, the most sacred possession of the National Rifle Association, and that would be the National Firearms Museum Collection. We'll be right back with Firing Line Radio. 
Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis, Director of Development here at the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And with me is the ever-strong, ever-fearless Kevin Small, our advocacy and outreach Manager, you see him all over the state with our chapters. And we're filling in for the great Phil Naiman this week here on Firing Line Radio. And we're breaking down the issues according to Amalan earlier this week that the NRA faced, not just with the canceling and then reconstituting a special meeting in Charlotte instead of having a national meeting with all of us there in Houston. But now we're, we're looking at what is allegedly, according to this article, going on at home plate. That would be the headquarters of the National um, Firearms Museum Collection. It sits in the NRA building there in Fairfax, Virginia. And so uh, Kevin and I both had the privilege of being able to go to that and and tour that when we were back there a couple of years ago and can tell you one of the most impressive collections ever of firearms. And uh, and the building was gorgeous, beautiful, had a, a range and everything in it, Kevin. I mean, that I, was... I remember standing next to that Gatling gun, throwing my phone at you, saying, Rick, you've got to take a picture. You've got to take a picture. This is the coolest thing I've ever sat beside. So, I mean, yeah, you have you have a museum of firearms here uh, that really... and I, it, Maybe it's a little bit hard to explain, but it's almost like when you're standing in that museum, it encompasses... The, the freedom <laughs> that this country has been able to attain if you really understand that it's on the backs of individuals who stood up and used firearms in order to gain their freedom. Uh, it, was, it was a really cool experience, but now you kind of have to ask yourself, where the heck is it? Yeah, and you know, one of the things was, I remember driving to Fairfax and you get to the building, and one of the things I'll say is, as you know, in politics, you... You get brochures, you get things, and it shows these beautiful buildings. And you go up to K Street in Sacramento, which is one of the main um, roads right there next to the Capitol. And you see the building that you saw in the pamphlet, and you walk in the building, and there's literally like 200 different organizations housed in that building. It's not that one organization's building. And they all use a picture of it. And when you got to the National Rifle Association, it was this big, you know, six, seven-story building you know, had a, a fully functioning range in, in the parking garage underneath um, that was state-of-the-art, just super cool to go through. 
You know, you went to the different floors, cafeterias, organized, you know, everything. Uh, you and I met with, at that time, the head of the director of the, the um, NRA, yeah, NRAILA uh, group, Chris Cox, and I met with him and a couple of other people and one of my other good friends in there that was uh, running all the political stuff and, you know, got the grand tour. And it was like coming home. Yeah. And then now in this article, I mean, the first thing they talked about is things have gotten so bad that the roof is leaking on the building, despite all the money all of us have put into it. And they've had to close a couple of floors because the ceiling is literally falling down. I mean, that's something like out of a dystopian novel. Like, you know, you and I are running in downtown LA after the nuclear attack and the crap is crumbling. It's not what you see as a healthy organization when their own building upkeep is in complete disarray, according to this article. Right. And then, and then these things that make you feel at home, you kind of have to question uh, what's happening to them. Where are they? Are they being upkept? I mean, these are sort of symbols of, of honestly patriotism that a lot of people hold. So what, what's actually happening here? Yeah, you know, and I want to, you know, I want to break this down to all of us. I mean, my first gut instinct is defend, defend, defend anything in the Second Amendment. But I mean, this is a, an audience that we're talking to people just like you and I. And you know, when I go to a friend's house, that you know, their house is a nice house. They take care of it. it doesn't matter at what socioeconomic level the house is to me, but it's taken care of. It's kept. You know, fairly clean as you can when you got kids running around, dogs, cats, and stuff. But it's kept clean. You show up at your friend's house, and it, it looks like something out of a horror movie where the trash hasn't been picked up in months. You know, stuff is falling off the walls. The air conditioner has flames coming out of it, and you're like, "Okay, there's a sickness here. Like something bad's happening." And when your friend looks at you and says, "Oh no, Kev, I'm completely..." Okay. Do you buy that? No, I don't. I, I honestly, I think um, just being a, you know, a, a a a Second Amendment advocate in California specifically makes me skept- more skeptical than most. And honestly, when when there's a lack of information that's presented with it, I, I mean. It, you got Nancy Pelosi standing up there saying, "Well, you need to pass this bill in order to see what's in it." You know, these sorts of things condition us to be more skeptical than most people around the country. So it kind of you have to beg the question. I'm not seeing it. You're not even allowing your own curator in here. What's going on? Yeah. And speaking of that, when Kevin says curator, what he's talking about is the person who has been in charge of the National Museum. I want to say it's the Net Art. It is our museum that ranks up there and has for decades with any of the museums in the Smithsonian collection. Yeah, without a doubt. And absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I've been to the Cody Museum, which is a fantastic museum. And Cody has always been under the NRA Museum. But now there are questions of, are all the firearms there? Because the curator that placed them there is no longer. Doug Wickland has done a, a fine job for years. He's no longer allowed to go in. He wasn't even allowed to go back to the museum and get his picture taken with what he had done. And now these firearms, many of them one of a kind, the questions are, are they being sold to private parties? There was even a hint within the article that some of the directors of the NRA could be procuring these weapons, uh, firearms, at a, at a reduced price. 
Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. Again, I don't know. But the fact, like I said again, and I want to highlight this, that Amaland put this article out, you know, to the world that was published. Um, and in full disclosure, you know, Jeff Knox's dad, Neil Knox, had went head to head, you know, years ago with Wayne LaPierre. So, I mean, I think anybody that's been around the system knows there's no love loss between those two families. But to Jeff's credit, he is, he is citing people up and down in the article as evidence. And, you know, I want everyone to realize whether you're a member of the National Rifle Association or not does not matter. That firearms museum is a national treasure that belongs to the people, the same as the Constitution. And the fact that some of that's going out should, should strike the same chord as if you went to the National Art Museum and said, oh, whether it was Trump or Biden, they'd start selling out massive pieces of art, or, or the Hope Diamond's no longer there, or you know the, the dinosaur collection disappeared, or even worse, Apollo 11 is no longer at the Space Museum. I mean, that would be a national uproar. And I think our community should be like, okay, hold the door. Let's not even talk about Wayne LaPierre or any of that stuff. The museum. Mm-hmm. That belongs to us. Like, what the heck, guys? Well, again, and the being, being skeptical isn't necessarily the worst thing here. Um, all that I'm saying is maybe we should start looking for the answers. Well, here's an answer. Hey, guys, take a teenage kid, give him a skateboard. And I'm being serious and put a hero nine on him and let him skateboard through the museum real quick. So we can all see that everything's still there. Just show it to me. The, right. This is the question that's being raised. You know, you talk about rumor this and rumor that, you know, while it can only be reported as a rumor. Kill the rumor. That's the, a five minute YouTube video. Exactly. Kid goes, check it out. There's Kevin's Gatling gun. It's still there. Oh, there's so-and-so's pistol from the Civil War. There's so-and-so's pistol from the Revolutionary War. There's General Pershing's pistols. They're all there. And that kills the rumor. And that's what's killing me. Like, come on, NRA. Defend yourselves. If this is not true, get out there and take a couple teenage kids. We're not trying to get a big film crew. You don't have to go back to Ackerman McQueen and bring them back in. A kid, a Hero 9 in five minutes. Maybe five more minutes to load it up on YouTube. Just put it to Done. rest. I mean, how many how many other fires are there out there? Put this one to rest because this is one that resides with the people. This is something that the people look to as a focal point for, you know, the foundation of our cause. Right. So please help put that to rest. Give us the answer that we're looking for and show everybody that these rumors are not correct. Now, I know a lot of this in these first three segments for some of you is probably irritated you beyond belief for others you're like yeah we knew this guys this is nothing new and for a lot of you in the middle you're like okay well what now it can seem depressing don't be depressed because here's a fact the national rifle association has been affected because of its, of its members like you and me but it's also been incredibly effective because of all the hundreds of different groups that represent everything from competitive shooting sports to hunting and, and to personal protection groups and all those other groups and all the state groups like the California Rifle Pistol Association to work on your rights every day within those different geographical locations. Just because right now there seems to be, for lack of better words, a severe stumbling by the NRA does not mean the battlefield has been lost. In fact, I will argue in this next segment with Kevin, um, not we're gonna argue against each other, but make the argument to you that in many ways, the community is stronger 
than it has ever been. It just looks a bit different. And we're going to break that down to you in the last segment here at Firing Line Radio coming up next. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. My name is Rick Travis, the Director of Development here at the California Rifle Pistol Association. Joining today is Kevin Small. With as our manager of advocacy and outreach throughout this golden state, filling in for the great Phil Naiman, who is out and about exercising his Second Amendment rights. Phil, I'm jealous of you because um, I'd like to be doing the same thing right now, but we're here in the studio fighting for all of your rights. We thank you for being with us here on the show today. We've been talking about the NRA and everything according to the Amaland article written by Jeff Knox that went out this week and breaking that down to you and some of the concerns that even Kevin and I have. And even throw out a couple ideas that NRA could do to quickly resolve some of those and put them to bed. And so hopefully somebody listening from their offices will take us up on that and do it. But hope. Hope is a big deal. And we talk about this all the time, Kevin, that you know, you gotta keep up hope and you gotta be able to get all the dirt and, and junk and noise away to see what's really going on. And one of my arguments is despite the pandemic, despite let's just call it the storm around the National Rifle Association, communication between various Second Amendment groups is definitely improved over the last year. Um, People are taking all sorts of different positions. I mean, all of our lawsuits are still proceeding up, even without the funding and assistance of a lot of groups that we formerly had before this debacle with the NRA. Um, 
Our, our donors have increased their donations. I mean, I think there's some shifting of where people are putting their time and money to. And I want to talk about that, that like I know Sam Prez was sitting here from Donors of California. He was be saying the same things of like, people, the fight is still on and we need you. And this is how we're doing it. Well, yeah. And I'm glad that you used the word hope because where does that hope actually derive from? It derives from the possibility of solutions, right? Right. Um, and, and this is like kind of a pet peeve of mine, whether it's, you know, at work, in the community, or even in the home. It's like, it's not necessarily productive to bring all of these grievances without offering, you know, any possible solutions. So I think it is important to discuss the solutions and how actually close some of these solutions actually are or already have been. And I think that you're alluding uh, to some of those right now, which we deserve to unpack. But I, I just want to bring it back to this article really quick. Mm-hmm. I love the way that um, Jeff Knox ended the article basically by um, saying that, you know, while there are things going on, a, a smaller, more nimble and scrappier groups have stepped into this breach a little bit. And those smaller teams need support. Um, you know, that's that's communally and financially from the greater gun lobby. Uh, the last sentence here, it says stormy days are coming. Uh, be ready to do your part. Yeah. And I, I mean, how do you not point to a lot of programs that we already have going in California? Yeah. So let's let's start to break down from the top. So for one thing, um, NRA has done historically amazing things. And to the men and women who have been to trenches from this paid staff down to their senior volunteers, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because the amount of work you people did, Kevin and I actually understand it because we do it every day for this organization. Phil Naiman does every day with this radio show. We all get it. But one of the things he also said in there was, the enemies of freedom in the Second Amendment are losing their biggest bugaboo for fundraising. And the fact is, we know that when you can go out as a member of Moms of Demand Action and say, oh, well, that's the NRA again, that gets their, their side really riled up. But I know, and you know, that we've sat in meetings where we're like, well, the California Rifle Pistol Association has been representing firearm safety here for 147 years, just three years less than the NRA. We're the second oldest group in the country. They don't fundraise real well off of that, which then that helps balance the playing field Mm -hmm. between us and them in the room. So that's a positive. But I also think it's it's been wonderful to see how, you know, obviously the NRA has had the circulates wagons to protect itself and defend itself. And I'm praying that they come back. And hopefully it doesn't take five to ten years. Hopefully it's sooner than that. Um, I still have hope for them. But in the meantime, they haven't been able to be there for a lot of youth events. And instead, we've taken that up in this state. And I know our good friends in Arizona, the Arizona State Rifle Pistol Association has done it there. The Nevada people have done it. I know Idaho's done it. We've all taken up the ranks and started to fill those gaps. And we were able to do that because listeners like you have showed up at your gun stores, like Vince, who supports this show all the time. Um, and a shout out to him. His story has been incredible in collecting, you know, ammunition that we've been able to keep these youth programs going. That's just one way where a person like you listening can step into the gap and help us. Right. That's literally just going into your local store that's already supporting CRPA and offering a little bit of a box of ammunition, a box of 22s. Or 20 gauge. Or 20 gauge or or whatever. And I think this is the ultimate illusion here is that... Um, 
if if you're down in the dumps, if you're if you're feeling like this is no longer getting done, um, you know, it's it's time to open your eyes. There are people who are stepping up to to continue getting this stuff done. You know, we still have uh, state lawsuits with national implications coming out of California right now, mm-hmm. waiting in the Ninth Circuit. Um, you know, we, well, have, we filed this week the, the ones on the gun shows, fighting back on those. Right. This is still happening. These youth, uh, these youth events are still happening. People are still gathering in groups to talk about how they can be influential in their communities. You know, that's that's what the CRPA chapter program is all about. And that that program has done nothing but explode. So, you know, there are still ways that you can support and be supported in the Second Amendment community. It is not a be-all, end-all situation. Uh, and it's not just us. You know, Sam Perez with Gun Owners of California doing the same thing, um, doing his part and, and, and stepping up to make sure that this fight continues. So this is definitely still going on. Yeah, and a shout out to all the alliances, you know, from Rocky Mountain out to Cal Waterfowl, to the guys at Cal Deer and, and ladies out there. Um, members of the you know SAS, the Single Action Shooting Society, you know the Three Gun Committee, and that list I could I could spend the rest of the show just going off the list have all allied together on various topics to defend your rights, and we're all working together. So like the House has really coalesced over the past few months in a ways that I hadn't seen in the past decade to get the job done. And I think one of the things that we we should really talk about is you know, and the opposition has also coalesced. And, and Kevin, we have a huge event coming up a week from this show in a little place called Ventura. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, we got a, a rally going on for at, uh, at Crossroads of the West in Ventura. That's held at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. Which, by the way, is one of the most beautiful fairgrounds in the state because it literally is on the beach. It literally on the beach. So you can... You can buy some ammo and you can check out the waves at the same time. Um, and so for you 2A surfers, it's the place to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. I mean, I'm sure many, many of you have been following the legislature along this year. We had Senator Min bring forth a bill uh, to try and end gun shows on state property. He was basically told by his own side that that bill wasn't moving the ball in any direction. So why even vote for it? Uh, he then took it into his own committee where he dumbed it down to just Orange County to try and save some face with the people that, you know, you know, got him elected. Um, and Governor Newsom signed that into law. So we are rallying. Obviously, we've got lawsuits coming uh, and filed one this week. Right. We filed one here for for was that uh, was that San Orange Diego County. or Orange County? Right. It was it was Orange County. But. We recognize that they're not going to stop. And, and the fact of the matter is, is if they really cared, they would have stopped it immediately. But what they said is, you know, you can contract any gun shows for the future by the end of the year and then you're cut off. Right. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of tell that this is an this is a, a, a an empty piece of legislation. But we are rallying. We're trying to get these fair boards to understand. And uh, and we're going to be there at the show. And I want to point out something that Kevin is highlighting. These rallies are three things. One, they're incredibly fun. And I'm going to have Kevin tell you about a couple of opportunities to help you get into the show a little bit easier. But here's the other thing. Often, a lot of you are like, hey, what can I do? I don't have a lot of money and I have a lot of time. Come to the gun show. Support it. Come to the rally. Why? Because the fair board that is going to be making the decisions about keeping or not keeping that show 
are going to be there this next Saturday. We need to get all of Southern California. Don't say, well, Ventura is not my county. Because let me tell you, people, they're coming after the gun shows in San Bernardino. They're going to come after them in Riverside. They're coming after them in every county. Make no mistake about it. So we need you out there because the more people they see there, the more families they see there, the more we dispel the myth that gun shows are only for old white guys who don't care about the rest of society. We kill that optically in front of the press. We have all the people out there. And Kevin, is there any special to get into the show? There is a special. Uh, if you sign up for a CRPA membership, and that means if you sign up as a new member, you sign up to extend your membership. Or if you're, you're a life member and you just want to gift a membership, any purchase of membership is going to get you into the show for free. So we need you people out there. And what time do you got to be there for the rally, Kevin? We the rally starts at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, it's going to run for about an hour. We're going to have guest speakers there. For when the show opens, donuts and coffee, donuts and coffee, and then we can just transition right into the show. So I hope to see all of you there. Show up and fight. And when you see us, say, hey, I'm one of you on Firing Line Radio. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show. Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.